Hello everyone and welcome to the Diva Glog number 22. Some people love them, some people hate them. This week we're going to talk all about them. That is game design documents. Uh, <laughs> this is a big topic. We even found in our discussion that sometimes people, even ourselves, can't actually agree on a definition of what a proper game design document is. We go into that. We go back and forth. We have some different opinions. We talk about some pros and cons of keeping a game design document not only in a bigger professional work environment like a big studio, but also at home or, you know, in just a, with your indie game project with a smaller team. Now, just like in every area of game development, people have different opinions, different preferences. But no matter what your feelings in game design documents are, we leave you some cool tips and tricks to help you, uh, you know, if you want to start your own and experiment with it. So without further ado, I give you the debug log. Episode 22. Uh, hey, Ryan. <laughs> what? Uh, we're streaming Thursday nights at uh, 9 or 10. Why are you only telling Ryan? Uh, because he usually gets on and plays with us. Aha! You know what? That screws. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. You're listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about Unity game development. My name's Andrew Curry. I'm Obino Oparo. I'm Zach Schneider. I'm Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. Damn, that was really guys. Nice. That was really nice. Uh, tonight <laughs> is a another fun topic, like a roundtable discussion. One of the ones that we kind of went into and without much of a plan, but we want to talk about because we've been talking about other projects and articles and books and stuff we want to work on. And one of the big discussions that always comes up is design documents. Controversial subject, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's not, but it's a, it's a varied opinion subject. Everybody has their own <laughs> way of doing design documents. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So starting off, what is a design document? What the heck is it? <laughs> what is it? What is it, Zach? <laughs> it's a document uh, that keeps up uh, well it can be several different things to different people so it, it can either keep up uh, the present state of, of your project um, or it can be like your your beginning plan uh, of uh, the direction your, your game is going to go so it can have uh, anything from just a uh, a small outline or a non-detailed outline of, of, I guess, different sections or your content or, um, or different, several different other things, or it could be, um, super detailed and have, uh, you know, everything up to, uh, screenshots and, and all those, uh, more detailed functions of, of your, your game. Yeah, I like how you, you kept saying it can be because that's like what, what um, Zach, not Zach, but uh, Andrew was saying. Like it, it's such an opinionated topic on what a game design doc is, or you know how best to use, or what's you know how are you supposed to use it? I guess, and but that's like all opinion. So yeah, for me, I feel like uh, like Zach was saying, it can be something you use in the beginning. Uh, but it, it's something that needs to be, it, it's actually the, it should be the anchor for, at least this is in my opinion, it should be the anchor from which your game stems. Like every, every, you know, aspect of your game, uh, design wise should be anchored in your game design document or your GDD is what, you know, people usually abbreviate it as. Um, so cool. So, I guess so, to, yes. to be, to clear Go things ahead. up, we're talking about game design docs in particular, because uh, I mean, you've got other sort of design docs for sort of engineering systems. Well, which... and, and that's and that's what the the lineage of this is really. Because I mean, yeah. games are software, and they come from software design requirements and stuff. That's usually what the software industry used to do more. I mean, I guess they still do, but when there's more waterfall development, like you'd have these mm -hmm. huge books and bibles of object relations and all these things, and that's kind of the thing that engineers brought into game development too. I guess right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that even still works under the agile system. I mean, a lot of times systems will be designed and, you know, they'll be, you know, it's maybe not as like, as I guess rigid as it used to be, but, you know, there'll at least be a place to 
explain the system and kind of uh, lay out the overall design for it. Say maybe it's a like a wiki page or some other sort of document repository where you know other engineers can go and just kind of get a primer on the system or something like that. And yeah, I think you're right. I think that's definitely where uh, game design documents stem from. Is like you know those were created as sort of a primer or touchstone for the development of your game. That way, everyone can sort of read those, educate themselves, and get on the same page. Yeah, and and from there's two types. A lot of times when you go and I, I remember I've done this before too, and because there's not a lot of great examples out there, there are a few like actual like real world examples. Cause that's what I was always looking for. Cause like, I want to see a game that has been built like fallout four or something like that. It's like, what, what do you mean a template of a design document? Yeah. Well, there's, there's templates of people. Ones that, like, I use this template and that's what I use. I'm talking about ones that are finished that you can look at and release of games that you have played. Oh, okay. And gotcha. there's some, there's some famous examples. I remember, um, for, um, grim Fandango, the, uh, oh, Lucas, yeah. Lucas arts, Tim Schafer, who's a double fine now. Yeah, it's not necessarily a design document. It's actually, well, it in truth is a, actually a design document. It's a game design document because it's just those are adventure games, you know, like the point and click adventure games. So it's basically just this Bible of puzzles that he just wrote. So then the programmers would get that and go, okay, I guess we we'll have to make it this way, and the art would figure it out. So really, depending on your game, like you said, like if your game is really big systems based game, that might be. The, the design document might be more technical in its nature, describing the types of systems and how they interact and stuff. Like if it's like, if it's like Minecraft, for instance, right? That he had, I mean, he didn't have a design document. <laughs> I don't know that by himself. But, Probably not, no. But if it's a story-based game or it's a very, you know, usually like uh, more like the adventure-based games, you're, you're going to get more long-form written puzzles and levels, and this is what it is, and it's up to the artist to come in and then the programmers to interpret that. Yeah, it's a very descriptive document that people create after they have the specifications of the game where they describe everything that um, the owner of the game or a client or whatever um, people wants to make the game. Um, so you take all those specifications, make uh, an idea of the game that you think they want or it can be for you. So. Uh, you make it, you describe the levels really, really detailed because that's going to be um, your guide for your game. And it doesn't have to, to be static. You can change it um, as, as the game development process goes. So if you don't like uh, a mechanic of a level, just you can change it. But it has to describe how the game is going to be. Yeah, and that's why this is a great topic for tonight because we just gave five different answers for design <laughs> <laughs> document, basically. So that's why, because it's 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 an interpretive, you know, it's up to you to interpret how you want to use it and what the format of it is and how it can best help you. So that's why tonight we want to talk about some of the methods and some of the debates of, you know, different instances to use it and what type of stuff you could put in there. And at the end of this, we're not going to give you any, like, a definitive answer, but it's going to be, here are some examples of ways you could do it. Mm-hmm. So, like we said, everybody said, I mean, the big question is when to start one. I think the, the that's that's the one we can agree on. Usually it's from the beginning, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think, yeah, that's from the very beginning. You should start a game design document. When you're starting to formulate your ideas about your game and what you want it to be, the re, uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I was about to go into a, some a later phase of the conversation. But, yeah, it definitely should be at the initial point of your, your game or when you're starting to design what you want a concept for this game. So I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I feel like, um, and I might be jumping ahead here, but I feel like prototyping might like not, not necessarily prototyping as in like building your game as a prototype, but uh, I guess just playing around it maybe in engine or something might come before that. Cause I mean, well, I've started it, several games where I've, I've made like simple mechanics just to see whether it was fun. If I was the one, I wanted to continue making this game and then I went to go make that document. Well, but that's but that's also it's, we're kind of loosely defining what a design document is because it could be like your notebook, like your game journal idea notebook that you start kind of formula, formalizing ideas. Yeah, because I, I think I feel like there's a time where your your game design is really fluid for a point uh, in the game development process. It's like just notes or something, right? Notes uh, where it's where you're starting to build out your design because for for a majority of the you know pre-production process 
you are, you know, the game design and what you have, your concept of the game, the product owner's concept of the game is kind of fluid. You know, that's what game development is. It's really fluid to a point. And then there's a, a time I feel like where the game design document like pretty much just kind of gets really rigid. And, and that's where it becomes like that cornerstone and that touchstone, like Ryan was saying, for all the other departments, whether it's sound, art, or uh, your engineering teams to you know reach to. Yeah, let me clarify something. It's, um, Andrew said it's like notes, but not any kind of notes. It's notes related to that game that is defined already or that you're defining, not like... Um, Zach said, oh, I, I made uh, a couple of prototypes to see if I'm going to make the game. You cannot take notes of those uh, failed prototypes in your document. Your document should be about the, the one that you're really going to make. Yeah, I can kind of see that. And, um, but those, I mean, those failed experiments can also influence the document, of course. Like, you know, is like by Zach, you know, playing around with those prototypes. And then when he starts to like solidify on something, he can at least reference that and start documenting. I know I don't want this. I don't like that. You know, it's like stay away from here's what doesn't work type of uh, mentality. For and it. I think that's the point of uh, being and I were making that like what people think of the design document, that's where you can get kind of held up in analysis paralysis. You're like, it's this formal thing that I must put on a typewriter or whatever. You're like, it has to be <laughs> typed in everything. Perfect. It's like, it, it can. Yeah. I was, that was a joke. <laughs> showing his age. <laughs> I'm about to turn 34 tomorrow and I'm showing age. But Aww. like, what do you know? Cuneiform <laughs> too? What is this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you're showing your age. But yeah. Well, uh, but, it can start as those, I mean, the design document, <clears throat> starting to formalize opinions can start at that early stage when they are just notes around an idea. And we say that just through the idea that when you're just thinking about ideas, a lot of times people talk about it. And I might talk to friends about an idea and talk to them, but start writing them down, even if they're just handwritten in some things, start collecting brainstorming for a certain project. Because those, what we're saying is that can be the basis of your design document later on that you can move in and that's the basis of what you're going to prototype and move into that stage and then prove that idea so yeah it can start at many different times but i would i would probably hopefully you'd have a lot of notes and stuff before you even get to typing it out in this big formal thing and so and then the question too is <clears throat> our advice about because this is a problem a lot of people run into all the time because being indie devs you start all these solo projects and there is even, a, I mean, there is an argument to be made sometimes if you're a solo person, you have the thing in your head, right? You might be able to be real fluid and do it and it's faster just to do it. And sometimes, I mean, you need to comment stuff for your own sake and code and all that's the best practice we've talked about before. But sometimes the real formal documentation of the systems and stuff, the argument can be made that if you know that stuff, it's faster for you just do it and get it done and play with it. And like Zach said, even just getting there and making the prototype and seeing it. But that 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 can kind of work and it's it can be your preference i mean i don't we'll see what you guys advice is just for solo projects but when you start working with a team of people that becomes totally inefficient because you can't stop every two seconds and explain to somebody if it's your idea you can't explain to them for 20 minutes how the bullet system works or something you know what i mean how you want it to work yeah. that's the whole point of a document that you have a central thing that people can reference so that's really really comes in when you start collaborating with more and more devs and especially in addition to that like uh, not only it becoming unwieldy to try to stop every two seconds to explain something to a different dev is is it it game design documents often when when you work with a group kind of help anchor their interest and in, you know or conform them to, or at least allow them to see the vision of the game so if, if they're not if they don't have a game design document to rely on they they can't it's hard to get as excited about a game that you're creating when it's all in someone's head, you know, it's really hard to just like, Oh, be up and like, Oh, I'll just develop this game. I mean, we all have been, I mean, not we all have been, but some people have been like cogs in a wheel where that has been their life, but it's a whole lot easier and a whole lot more, you know, as a group to get behind a game, get behind a vision of the game. If you're able to read through a game design document, a physical copy or a physical or, you know, e-copy doesn't be physical, but you know, let's <laughs> be able to read through a game. So design if it's digital, document. it doesn't work. 
No, I'm saying <laughs> I said e-copy. <laughs> I said e-copy. You just read the light. I was just kidding. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, digital defender. Exactly. Digital defender. But yeah, I'm just saying it, as long as you're able to read it in any form, Eduardo, whether it's online or offline. Uniform. Just, maybe. Yeah. As long as the information is shared, yeah. He said braille. <laughs> that's good. All inclusive. So yeah. Um it so the, as long that's, as that's a good point like for for i guess teams but also uh i mean yeah you might for for the solo um developer i think it's also a good idea to have the document to keep yourself accountable so i find often when i'm doing projects on my own and i'll be working on a little bit and then i'll get distracted by doing something for work or something with uh, with another group that I i don't really stick to what i have in my document or or I, I end up dropping down, uh, dropping the the project altogether. But with, the, but with that, that document, but how's that different? Of, I mean, would that just be? A, but that could just be a list, though, right? Like a to do list. Well, um, it could be a to do list, but also um, by having that 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 information, uh, I guess, defined, you 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 kind of have a start and stop point, so you know, okay, well, I made it to this milestone here. I know what I need to do to get to the next milestone because I've already defined what I need to do. Yeah, right? but so it's, it's, it's not, going you don't to have be that that. Um, uh, the that fact unknown factor of what do right. I need to do next? You know exactly what you have to do, and you can you can almost use that to time estimate. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be um, more than just a to do list because in the document you can specify what you want to transmit with the with the game. Uh, what what do you want the the pl- the players? to feel when when they play your game not only oh i'm going to make a um tower defense and i'm going to do this this and that there are uh-huh oh, i'm sorry uh, i didn't mean to interrupt no, no, <laughs> no i finished i finished it go ahead okay yeah so in addition to what zach was saying i think another aspect even as a solo dev you know plus to having a game design document not only for because i mean you can just keep lists but that does not you know fully cover the game design process because it's easy to as a solo dev to you know you have all these ideas in your head and if you have nowhere to put them and place them uh, and keep track of them it's easy to just go on on a tangent where you can have you know my first my first concept of this uh, game was to do x y and z but later down the road you added a and b and then you know you start to forget where, where you are where you want this game direction to go so it's easy to to lose sight of that. So the game design document is a good place to like put all your ideas, keep everything consistent. So your game doesn't go like, Hey, I understand this piece of the lore, but how's the other piece tie in? Uh, Whereas in the game design, you can start ordering those kinds of ideas and keeping everything consistent. I found that's a really good point, Ovina. And and also, uh, (laughs) my turn, my turn, teacher, my turn. Um, (laughs) Raise your hand. (laughs) We're in Zcash. Okay. There you go. Now put it you down. See it? You see it, did you? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, not only to um, avoid going for a tangent, but also when you write things, you um, write down your ideas, uh, you make sure that you understand what you want to do. And if it's not a bad idea, you will identify when you read it. Because sometimes you think that you want something and in, it sounds awesome in your head, but when you say it out loud, <laughs> it's not a good so when you write it down, it has the same effect. So you realize that it's good or not. And a way in on that too, I mean, because like you said, people people going into it, like if we're recommending to do that even for solo projects, people going into that, getting at the start of a design document, it can be kind of intimidating just because you're like, oh, I don't know how every button's going to work or all these systems. I just know certain things. But remember, it can just start as a tiny document. It's two pages and build in something. Because I mean, even a formalized process, say in the traditional publishing world or game AAA world, usually when they would have to go to a publisher to get approval and get money to make a game, they get they they have a document called a pitch. They have to go to those companies and pitch it in real life form. But there's like a document that says, like it's like two or three pages. It's very short. It said, this is the premise of the game. It's going to have this kind of interaction. Here's some sample sketches. You know, it's almost like what a Kickstarter video does for some games. But and here's a, some other things. This is what we're excited about. This is where it's targeting this is why we think it's interesting right 
Because I've seen they actually have the original Bioshock game pitch on there. I've seen it. You can find that online. Oh, that's cool. And it's yeah. totally different how the game turned out, though. It's weird. <laughs> that's what's so strange. That's actually an illustration of how you can start with an idea and it'll evolve. But the cool thing about having that, even just in that tiny pitch form, that's just it's basically the beginning of a, of a design document. It's like the first couple of chapters, right, or the first few pages. Having that... Even if you don't even go back to it, or if you you know you you take off and you start developing it, I mean, to whatever, if you're adamant that you want to do that, you have that document. So if anybody comes along or friends you know, they go, yeah, what are you working on? I was like, I have this game idea is like, oh, tell me about it. it. Might help. That's something you can get. Like Avina was saying, you can give that to other people to communicate your vision, and they can see that. Like, oh, cool, I get this. This is neat. So it can be a thing. It doesn't hurt to have it and have that start. So you can actually start solidifying that vision and communicate it to everybody else. Yeah, and, and someone else can give you ideas and oh, yeah, make, the, make the game even better. Absolutely. So, now we've established solo devs, start a design document. Even if it's a page, start something. Um, so now with the the the, uh, the question comes about what where in that process, like Zach mentioned, the prototyping phase. Do you, and this is also a preference thing, but so let's just talk to you guys. What are your, your preference? Would you like, like Zach said, he likes to just dig in there first and start prototyping and then form opinions or should they, you know, and that really drives the idea of what is actually fun or cheap. Well, I mean, by pro- getting bigger prototypes, prototypes are something that you're going to throw away. That's why I define a prototype. It's like game mechanics and the gist of that game, a kind of an MVP, a minimal viable product or MVG, minimal viable game, I guess, of what, to you know for you to see if something will work right that's why i like to do it before i make the document so that i feel like when you make that prototype you go okay i found that this mechanic works this mechanic doesn't work and if i do that before i do my document then i it's almost like doing my research right so I have the information to go write this document now and maybe it's not the most perfect document, but at least I have a, a starting basis for it. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm with second this one. Yeah. I feel like I've kind of like two mindsets on it. Cause like there's, there's always the, you know, sort of when I'm by myself, yeah, I'll sort of prototype more, but also sort of keep a journal of things like, you know, what worked, what didn't work. So it's almost like I'm starting this like primordial document. It's like just in a moleskin, like did this today, it worked or it didn't work, you know, and you know, maybe tomorrow I'll try X or Y, you know? And so I really haven't found anything yet, but I'm still just sort of coding and playing with mechanics, but then also writing down what I liked and didn't like in a more of those sort of production atmosphere though, I feel like, you know, that there's going to be an owner of that, that depending on what discipline you are, you know, there's going to be an owner of that idea a lot of the times. And so they need to kind of get that down and documented how they're thinking through it, how it actually plays out in their head before, you know, like you can really sit down and prototype that thing because, you know, you're working as a team. So it all needs to get out of somebody's head and everybody on the same page about it before you can actually start coding that thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny you mentioned the, the, like, they keeping your your like notes down as as you're doing the prototyping because I find myself doing that but like in a super informal form like for instance oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, last time I was doing uh, um uh like a little prototype I was actually doing that but just with scripts so I'd make a script to do a certain thing and I'm like oh well that that really didn't work so I just put the script in another folder which was like throwaway but or it wouldn't necessarily throwaway scripts but it was scripts that I wasn't using. And then I had my rework scripts, where the, which were or my working scripts that I was currently mm-hmm. using. So I could see which ideas kind of like were not so good and which ideas yeah. were good based on my folders. That just reminded me of you, you yeah, taking yeah, your notes. Yeah, totally so. a way of doing it, yeah. Yeah, and that it definitely is like a great way of doing it. It's like here's a whole like sort of subsystem that, yeah, it worked or it didn't work. Or, you know, and, you know, or it could just be like, hey, in my notebook, yeah, I'm going to make a grid-based system and you can target the magic here and it has this range. And, yep, that sucks. Even on paper, I didn't even need to take that into code, you know? <laughs> yeah. So now that we have a set, like, that's, I think, I think we all agree that design documents are good and the prototyping. And that, I think that's a good point, Ryan, that it actually comes at different stages at I, we mentioned that before. It's like directly proportional to how many people we have on the team. <laughs> That's like the complexity yeah. of the documentation you might need. It's um, or the formality, right? Because you're like, well, it's like the mythical man month. <laughs> you start losing time, and then you don't <laughs> yeah. really actually gain anything. 
Um, so let's talk about then the practical idea of a design document. So, I mean, for somebody listening to this who's never done that or just starting with their game ideas, in a design document, what are some of those things that should be in it? What's the table of contents of that look like to you guys? Uh, I, Nobody I think a must on. have in a, in, a, in a design document, um, at least in, in your maybe not your first iteration, but uh, the one you, you have before you really start working on your game is a mile milestones. Well, see, I'd, I'd say like once you're starting to get into the formal design document phase is, uh, you know, is like when you, once you've decided on kind of what you want to do is like actually getting that down and making it more concrete, like Avina said earlier. So you may want to start thinking about things like, you know, Hey, what's my target audience? What's my target platform? What's, you know, what are my mechanics? Yeah. What are the mechanics I'm going for here? Like, what do I want to get across to my audience? And those are, I think, sort of like Andrew said, the table of contents of that is there's these very high level things you need to s- start with and say, here's my broad target for these areas. And then you can start like fleshing that document out as you go. Yeah, and that that's, that's a good point. But what I was going for was more of like uh, keeping yourself accountable because uh, I mean, Oh yeah, that's, that's an issue I have in in uh, making my own games outside of work. Is as uh, after I leave work, uh, you know, sitting staring but, at a computer for eight hours, I don't want to come home and work on it. But if I have this document that says, "Hey, you have a milestone milestone coming up in a week," <clears throat> I, it makes me a little bit more motivated to go back to it. Well, would that be just to play devil's advocate? Would that like again? Would that be something that's because I mean, to me, like the design document should be about what that game is. It has nothing to do with actual project management. Yeah, yeah I no, think no. I think. Yeah, I think that's where it's uh, they segregate or they separate. Is a lot of that project management and milestones. I feel like that is something that's owned by you know actual project management, Jira or you know, something software, like that, or, yeah. Or, Jira, yeah. Yeah, or even like an Excel sheet or I don't know what it'd be, but Ugh, that, that's something totally <laughs> that's something completely different that that you do not want to toss in your game design. Like like uh, Ryan said earlier, this should be just the touchstone for where people get a sense of the game not 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 like what you know what needs to get done i mean i mean what needs to get done in the broader sense yes but not like you know by x month or by this you know quarter i need to have this but you know just what does the game entail what what are like he said what's the target audience what's the market strat no not market strategy no you, you don't really need that but uh, you know, like, what does our guild system do? What does the inventory system do? Or even if you have do? a story, like the basics of that yeah, story. Yeah, what's the, the background of the stuff? story? What's the lore of this game? Like, just about the game. That's all you really want to stuff in there. Yeah. Um, outside of... Go ahead. Oh, thank you. A good description of the uh, <laughs> how, how the, the elements of the game relate to each other. Like, uh, what's going to happen when the main character talks to another character or um, when he fights... Um, against the, the the boss of the level things like that user flow um, kind of stuff yeah yep yeah cool yeah uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 and i think we mentioned some stuff i mean like you said there's going to be a basic structure and it, it also depends on how technical that document is too because sometimes that's true sometimes people i mean and bigger studios and formal thing you start separating that out too right it's like you have a technical design document and then the document that's more about and then you might have an art team bible and document that breaks it out into assets that need to be created for each of those sections but that starts moving into that milestone stuff but yeah i think i think yeah that's, and i think that that's almost dependent on like i think i wouldn't recommend you know the solo dev i don't think needs to have eight different documents right, maybe right. just a design document really just so you can keep all the ideas in one place but as you do branch into groups any you know when you want the minute you get into a group uh, atmosphere i think you then do need things like a technical document and art document um because again you're you're trying to share information across multiple people and it's i think it's almost impossible to do that people specialize specialize. you need more detail yeah exactly yeah and those those other disciplines are going to have a different view of the same idea you're all sharing that idea and i think that's what the game design document does it's like here's our overall vision you know and now you know so and it may be certain subsystems certain stories you know, certain looks and feel and, you know, every team's going to take that vision and say, okay, yes, we're all on the same page with that. Now engineering is going to look at it from a technical level. Like, you know, how do we get this mechanic done? You know, art's going to look at it and say like, oh, well, they want to, you know, it to look and feel this way. Maybe it's a very, 
you know, raw and gritty, real looking thing, or maybe it's a more stylized sort of cartoony thing. And then, you know, everybody's going to have their different outlooks, like when they get those systems defined and when they get that sort of design more solidified. And that's when they start breaking off and start creating their own documents. Like you guys were saying, it's like, oh yeah, hey, here's, you know, the art pipeline. Here's, here's our style guide. Here's how everything's going to flow. Here's how we're going to do things. And engineering's like, okay, great. Here's how that inventory system's going to work. We'll totally do whatever design wants with that. But technically speaking, if you're an engineer and you dive into this system, here's what it's going to look like to your eyes. And I think that, so I, again, I think that design, game design document, it's very important just to kind of, it's the hub that kind of connects all those spokes of those different disciplines together. Look at you. Look in the illustrations. <laughs> so proud of you. Yeah, because then when it gets to that point, it's, it's actual documentation. That's what it is at that yeah. point. It's not actual but then that all is coming from the design doc. So the design doc actually is the Bible once you get to a bigger group. But again, and then the, the thing that people struggle with, and this is the thing everybody always struggles with, because it is game development. And game development is so iterative. Like you can't <laughs> – that has to be somewhat of a living document. So you have to decide this is what we, this is we're going to do for this up to this point, you know, or we're going to make it. I don't know. What, what are some strategies, you guys, that – because how do you – do you keep updating that document or how do you, what are some ideas for how to keep that, that process fluid and creative, but also make sure everybody's on the same page? Well, I, I think, I think there is a, t- a time, a place in time where the design document completely locks, locks down, but you know, not to the granular level where, you know, you're saying, okay, I can't do you know, you know, there's a, there's a, you, you understand, like, like we said earlier, it's just, you understand the basic vision for maybe, you know, the inventory system. And there's a, there's a time and place where the game design locks down and that inventory system isn't going to change from, you know, being uh, some spatial UI that you see to something completely different. You know, there's a, there was a time and place where the design says, okay, this is how the inventory systems is going to work generally speaking. Uh, but, you know, the the smaller parts within that inventory system can shift and change uh, depending on you know maybe i don't know some some you know well, some you're starting like at this big macro level and as you go like each of those layers kind of solidify and harden you're like well we can't change that now so how do we change kind of shift this and make these adjustments in these smaller areas and stuff. Cause at exactly. some point it's like, you gotta, either you gotta ditch the game you're making or if you're at a company and the big company <laughs> making a game, they're not going to do that. They're going to yeah, ship yeah. the thing. So at a certain point, the system has to start getting locked down. So that's, that's true. It's like, it's like that's finding the right touch of being specific enough, but not, but leaving some leeway to exactly. make some the, decision. Cause it, you might not have the information to make certain decisions. So you start that's testing. That's true too. And like, like we always said in our previous episode or previous episodes, it's just like leaving that leeway because that, that leeway and that agile flow is what helps make a game better. Like where you find more fun or where you find things, you know, ways to do it a little bit better that you maybe didn't think about or you didn't prototype in the beginning. So you have to, like uh, Andrew said, just leave a little bit of leeway uh, in your game design. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're here. Yeah, always be open to that prototyping. You know, if something doesn't feel right, you know, hey, it may go against the design doc a little, but say, hey, let's let's try it this way. Maybe let's pull out that, like Zach said, let's pull out that old script that we didn't think worked previously, but now we have a new system, and you know, hey, maybe maybe there's something there. So that's true. Because another thing with game design, like uh, you know, like Ryan was saying, you pulling out that old script. Maybe there was something like technical, you know, technologically you know, that wasn't there before. Like maybe you, there's a new phone or there's a new chip out that greatly increases your ability to do X. So, so now you can, you know, alter things to make your game a lot better. So I also thought, I thought of something while you're talking and something you mentioned earlier, Bina, that um, about the vision or what you're excited about the game. It's important to get that down and really make sure that document uh, expresses that, what you're the most excited about. And that's what other people are excited about because what can happen as you start getting collaboration, everybody works together, you start getting ideas and especially you start making compromises down the development road, you're going to make compromises. Let's just state that right now. <laughs> you're going to lose stuff. You're going to mm-hmm. kill systems. You're going to kill stuff that you like, you know, kill your darlings kind of thing. But you kind of need a guide. You need a mission statement to what was the fundamental, what were the pillars of what excited you about this game? Because 
that'll guide what you kill and what you don't, you know, what you're trying to do, because you can get all these ideas and you forget what you even, what the intention was to begin with. Like, wait a second, this game was supposed to be about this and now we're doing this and then now it's not even fun at all. Let's go back to what we, you know, so having that guide as to why everybody is doing this project, why everybody got excited, why a company, you know, funded this thing is, is essential just because it can get down and dirty, you know, two years or a year into a project. And you're like, what, what are we doing? I don't even know what this is anymore. <laughs> Who are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good that you mentioned that because that's um, really important in um, projects that are not, not games, but games applied to a, a specific field, like what we do in, in our work that um, are serious games applied to the psychological treatment. So we cannot make it uh, super fun and forget about the, the, the treatment of the patient. Well, that's so. a good thing. I mean, that's actually a pretty good lesson from those types of games that we have to do every day is that we start making production decisions or something. Oh, it'd be more fun if you did this. It's like, yeah, that might be better in a certain way, but that's not what they were trying to do with this game. So that's actually, and but that works for fun games too. I mean, you probably always want to shift stuff to be more fun, but if the whole, you can, the, like the the breadth of the project becomes something you're like oh it'd be fun more if the combat was like this yeah that would be fun for that instance but the bigger picture that would not work with that inventory system we've been talking about so that would change the whole i mean it's a big you know there's a lot of moving parts you got to make sure they all work together and that can that can kind of be hairy that's <laughs> <Yeah>, true <laughs> Good points, guys. Good points. Like, so let, give me give me some <laughs> practical solutions, guys. What are I mean for that we're not talking to people that work at, I mean you guys work at fancy studios, but like what are people there? This is basically for people that have you know studios, Made indie studios, or indie devs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're writing on <laughs> golden tablets and exactly. stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The angels brought it. Golden the, from heaven. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So what are the like some solutions just for the indie dev like? For stuff they can do, where can they get these ideas down? What are the best things that we've tried and used and had success with? Well, personally, on my on my MMO game that I've been working on, we use uh, Google Docs uh, religiously. We use that we use on the debug log team. Yes, we do. Yes. I mean, yeah, a lot of people use it because it's a great tool when you, especially when you're working with a lot of people. Um, because, you know, that's a, I mean, that's basically made for sharing ideas. So, so that's exactly what the game design doc is. It's your platform for sharing the game ideas. So, I mean, it just comes in so much, it comes in handy with a lot of people, especially being so remote, you know, everywhere in the world, you can share this Google doc link and lock it down if need be, you can, you know, pass and protect it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then just, you know, having that out there so people can edit and, and read what you have available so and i mean just real quick to add to the google doc thing um i've only seen this in this case because we mentioned double fine all the time because they have the really cool documentaries they show them making games that can extend to even because i think they even do a lot of their design like uh excel sheets and or they're not excel they're just spreadsheets in there right where they're like keeping tracks of the tables and they'll even do level design in the like the spreadsheets and then they'll just have they yeah they just write they do that with my (coughs) my they came out that game called massive chalice that i know zach played and they were designing levels by like doing the squares and the spreadsheet. They had a parser that came and read that and then interpreted into Maya and Maya would assemble the level from the Google Docs. <laughs> so it's, it's very extensible. You can write, you know, you can have access to their APIs and it can grow with you. And it's not just a little word doc, you know, replacement. It's actually pretty handy. And you know what? It has the best attribute of any indie uh, tool. It's free. Free. Yeah. free, no money, yeah. and then and, and that, I mean Google Docs, I guess extends also to like um what are, what's that what's their Excel type thing just, in there? I just said spreadsheet. It's like it just it's just as Google, Google Sheets. Yeah, and then, and then they also have that little was it IO or maybe that's the old name for it. But where I used to do, we did our like UML documents in there. We would put like how system drawing works. and drawing. Yeah, yeah. draw. It's like, yeah, spread, what, it's like their PowerPoint. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, we just draw our UML documents like how a system works, how this whole inventory system is going to work. And we just have that shareable in Google Drive. So that's I mean their whole suite of Google, you know, Office type things are amazing so yeah just hope they don't deprecate them (laughs) yeah exactly i don't think they would that this is just everyone uses it uh, yeah that's one of the more successful systems it's not like wave or anything like that yeah 
wave who? Yeah. What? Yeah. what? Google Wave. Okay. Another one. <laughs> another one we have on the list is Twine, and that's actually and there's a couple other solutions besides Twine. But Twine is the most popular one, and that's especially popular for people doing like a adventure games or story based things because any kind of linear progression with branching because you can write your own, you can make your own choose your own adventure text game basically in the browser, and it works perfectly. And I've seen, and that actually extends out too, because I've seen people, you can write parsers for that, that you can actually write your game dialogue and turn that into something that pulls it into your, to Unity. There's some, there's some plugins for that. So again, you're not getting locked into stuff. You can actually grab that out of there later. So then of course you have wikis too. Wikis is the big thing. Wiki might be the best format for design documents, I think. I agree. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, we use Con- Confluence. Uh, I've used DocuWiki. This is, uh, again, something we else we how, how use. Do for, like how do you like Confluence? I like it. Sorry. I like it. Because, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I like it. And, and it allows... Zach, are you going to uh, complain about it? You've only been using it for a day. You no, I'm, I'm just <laughs> asking somebody who has a little bit more experience using it because we, we literally just started today. So I was just asking. Oh, but yeah, the, way yeah. you, the way you phrased that, that good. How do you like it, though? And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to complain about it <laughs> exactly. one day. No, because I think another, a good thing about Confluence that, you know, you don't really see in, like, wikis, like DocuWiki, just to name a couple, DocuWiki, which is free, uh, MediaWiki, which I think is free too. So, you know, the thing that I like about Confluence that uh, you don't get in wikis are the ability to... Actually, I don't think... Maybe you don't. But finish yeah, your thought, Yeah, please. let me finish my yeah, thought. Thank you, in order. Like, uh, um, what's Wrap it, it up, baby. Mess me up now. Oh, comments. <laughs> like, adding comments to uh, a page. Like, you in Confluence, you could add comments. So if you were having a group of people read this design, like, say, design of our inventory system... People that you know read it can just go on there and add comments, and then it shows you like the differences in the docs between days or between comments, and what was said, what was not said, what line was edited, etc. So I think that ability you don't get in your traditional wikis. Um, so that, I think that was helpful with Confluence. Cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other things here from like. They can organize it. I mean, sometimes there's a lot of things that are built as project management, but you can actually, if you like the way it works, you can use it as a a, a place to organize all your game documents. Like, right, we have Trello or Basecamp or any of those things. I mean, they're a little less formal and they can kind of be a nightmare. But if you found a way to use it, your own, you know, I mean, it's like, but it's your preference. Some people like, I mean, they're these, yeah, like the solo dev might, right. might, might there might be a better way to right. just kind of condense all those things and use that so there's a bunch of the point is i mean besides confluence there's a bunch of free things out there that you can use and if you want to step up something bigger you know they're there too so because again this <laughs> this is why we do this podcast and this is why we talk to people and this is why we learn from people every day these are solved problems people you know that's why they're best called practice best practices because people have had success and there are solutions to these. So just ask people and look for stuff out there. So I think it's good. Write your mm-hmm. documents. I, I'll tell you one thing. This is pretty, it's going to be a pretty damn organized inventory system at this point. Yeah, we've been talking about it for ages. <laughs> this is a very planned out, pragmatic, thoughtful. <laughs> you play a little Tetris mini game in my inventory. Inventory simulator 2016. <laughs> inventory simulator. <laughs> All right. All right. So before we go tonight, we have to have another game of the week. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Game of the week. There you go. We're not doing that. There you okay. go. Awesome. So tonight's game of the week is Ultra Flow, and I got introduced to this game by Eduardo because this isn't in disparage Ultra Flow developers, but Eduardo introduced this game to me one day. He's like, "Look at this game! I had the idea for this. <laughs> I was building uh, this game, and they already did me. it. And they did a great job." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was robbed. Yeah, so Eduardo, tell us about it. Ultra Flow. Yeah, it's a funny story. Um, first, okay, let's talk about first about the game, and then uh, I will tell the story that I have. Um, I so, you Ultra Flow is a minimalistic game where um, you combine air hockey mechanics with golf because you have a ball and um, basic another circle, and you have to put the ball inside the circle, and you have obstacles in the middle, and you can bounce. Uh, with the obstacles. Um, it has this cool uh, particle system that are triangles. So all the game is triangles, circles, and squares. Um, so, and what is cool about this game is that it's completely free. 
So it doesn't have advertisings, in-app purchases, anything, because it was made for students. Um, actually, it was nominated for the student project in, in Unite 2015. Um, so it, it's really neat. And now they also have um, Ultraflow 2, which um, it actually has uh, advertisings. Um, so, and they modify the um, elements of the game a little bit. Now they have uh, like a striped squares that you cannot touch or you automatically die, things like that. It's, it's really fun um, game that you can, if you're waiting uh, in a line or something and you're bored, you can just pull it out and, and start playing. Um, and I, I really recommend it. So let's go straight to the to the experience that I have with this game. Like Andrew said, when um, I applied for my current job, um, I showed them a prototype of a game which was pretty similar to this one. And a year later, they came up with Ultra Flow. I had friends that were going to college at the time, and I sent the. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta listen it's like back the future <laughs> this is your cousin marvin Barry. So, yeah, yeah and i was like really they made my game and yeah i i um looked for that idea in uh, google play and the app store before and anybody made that gameplay and they came up with almost exactly the same idea that i had i was like well they made it first so well the thing is too is like you can't it's actually the best possible. I mean, I'm sorry that you had a game at the end that got made, but it's also the best possible situation for that because it'd been worse if they did it and it sucked. But it, like they did such a good job. Like, all right, well, <laughs> sometimes those situations, like I guess they did better than I would have. So, all right. No, but it's still, I'm going to make it. Okay, well, never mind. He goes, nobody will get the better of me. Uh, it will be mine. Because, oh, yes. I He's mean, not a quitter, Andrew. Yeah. No, no. In real life, it doesn't matter if someone does um, your idea, uh, implements your idea before you, you do. Um, second places uh, make money, too. So Hashtag look at Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Both of them make, make millions, so... <laughs> Who's Just second because, place? Yeah, that was uh -huh. my question. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Ultimate flow. Yeah, I think that, that depends on where your geographical location, I guess. Very true. Yeah. But, what are we talking about? Pepsi and Coke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we, we took a tangent. Coke. <laughs> yeah, going yeah. back to the games. If someone makes your idea, don't quit. Make it, and you can modify it. And who knows? You, you your idea may have a version. Exactly. Cool. Check it out. Yeah, I, I've played with it. It's fun. You just said they have a a different version out now. Did you mention that? Huh? The XL or whatever. Excel? What are you talking about? They have about? a new version coming out, right? Have Ultra, Flow. Ultra Flow 2 or something? No, it's out. It's Ultra Flow 2. You just talk about it, Andrew. Ultra <laughs> Flow 2 Tsunami. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to write us a question or send some feedback or bitch or at us about us. rambling know. on, you can do that at thedebuglog at gmail.com. We check that every day and we get back to you pretty fast we've had some few people emails about questions or tell me their website's broken a few times and i fix it immediately so there you go oh nice yeah. fast response that's helpful we actually do need that if something's broken and you can't download an episode tell us because i'll fix it or you know i'll fix it um uh yeah. we'll come to your house and have a live episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'll reenact it. it'll be a stage play oh yeah <laughs> if you we want to costumes if you want to continue this type of fun every day the best place to do that is in our facebook group it's the debug lounge uh and that's where we do you know people ask questions um we share stuff share the stuff we're working on just post inane stuff anything it's fun there's like 100 members there's over 100 members now i think i don't know we got a lot of stuff that's growing we get people join there every day. We approve them. So the best way to do that is you can go to our website, thedebuglog.com, and you can sign up for our newsletter, The Loop, and which will come out at some point this year. And we will uh, – <laughs> that's where you that get it. Like, God, we write it. You'll get an annual update about what we're doing. But then you can <laughs> – we'll get that. Eduardo will add you to the Facebook group, and uh, then you can join in on the fun. And share the stuff you're working on, and I, I mean, I know honestly though, it's 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 becoming a really cool place, and this is what I plug for it because you can literally we've done this because we, we got to the point where we hadn't asked questions, people would ask questions, we'd help answer them or try to point them in the right direction. 
we got to the point this year, Zach and I were asking questions. They're like, let's just ask the group. And they immediately, two or three people respond like, all right, with solutions that were better than we could, what we could think of. So it's a cool place for that. You won't get yelled at. Nobody will make fun of you for asking a question. Like they might on Stack Overflow. <laughs> yeah, no. So the idea, I mean, the idea of the game is to help each other and make a cool community. So don't be afraid to join. Yeah. I'm looking to steal ideas, so just post those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got any game design ideas, guys? Come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Share what you're doing. What's the next Minecraft, do you guys think? <laughs> That's a hot trend right now. Yeah. VR. All right. I think that's it. You guys got any final thoughts? Any Anything to share? That was really inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> On Twitter, you can reach me Send at, it off with a bang. at Andrew underscore Curry. He's I'm at O-Beans. That's O with H, Beans with a Z. Cricket. Cricket. I know, right? Where are you at, Ryan? Is, is that, well, <laughs> Zach is usually before me, but since he's a Luddite and does not have a Twitter, and, and I'm at R.E. Kilgore. Eduardo's well, searching for his name. I'm out of the Twitters. Somewhere the Twitters yeah. is there. Yeah, mine is um, Eduardo CF1989. <laughs> I'm so, glad you didn't make it complicated, Eduardo. 32456. I didn't hear you start laughing. Oh, I, I thought I heard giggles. Yeah, I started giggling, but I, I really laughed when you, you started telling a story, so I was like, I made it like I heard blended. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah had to step, I actually had to step away, like I walked over to <laughs> I started laughing my ass off. So I walked over to the other side of the apartment like, oh no. Said, Twice as many shapes. <laughs> Fucking strike. <laughs> <laughs>